Welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast, the show intended to help you get more out of your everyday time in the Word. This is a ministry of Compass Bible Church in North Texas, and if you'd like to join along with our daily Bible reading program, you can do so by going to compassntx.org and clicking on the Daily Bible Reading tab. Thanks for joining in for today's episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Hey there, welcome in to Tuesday. Yep, here you are. to greet you. Hello. It's a beautiful day Good morning. How are you doing? In the neighborhood. Yeah, it's a beautiful... Oh, I thought we finished that day already. Uh, is, well, this some, is this more neighbor laws? Neighborly laws? No, it's not. Okay. No. This is more laws about the priests. All right. Yeah. Hey, separate issue. Did you uh, did you happen to listen to the briefing the other day when Dr. Muller was asked the question about sports? Oh, I did. And I thought, you know, he and I are basically on the same page. That he doesn't Me care about sports? and Dr. Moeller are basically the same mind. Basically. Scary alike. I yeah. just, can, have you even seen us together I've in the same room you at the same well, time? Actually, no, that's not true. I have. Okay. Because he came and spoke at our, our old sending church. But were we in the same room at the same time? I mean, I'm assuming at some point. Yeah, I don't recall. Actually, I have a picture of you in Dr. Muller's office with him in the office. <laughs> so <true>. yes, yeah, <laughs> holding a gigantic book. Oh, that was fun. That was yeah. fun. Yeah, I guess we're not the same person. You're not, but but close, pretty yeah. close. Yeah, but he he kind of affirmed our stance on that that sports can be helpful. That they're not everything to live for, but man, if if it fuels fellowship or helps you relate to some people, they, they can be good. I think things. he gave some token areas of like, yeah, I guess if you have to, and it's like you got to do it. Okay, <laughs> sure. Sure. I mean, it's, you know, adiaphora. Sure. I suppose. Adiaphora. That's a big word. What does that mean? It means things that are not clearly sin or righteousness. The uh, things in between. Right. I know it's a Greek word that I don't forget which, uh, which verse that comes out of, but right. it's an underlying word. That means that. Like extras, things like that. Yeah. Things that are not clearly righteousness or sin. Right. And that, that would be sports. I, I, you know, I'm all about playing them though. I, you know, I'd, I'd rather play them and I'd rather play sports that I, I, I could potentially be good at. Okay. Like I'm not good at pickleball. I don't want to play it for that reason. It's like, it's tennis basically. And I've never been a tennis person, but let's play yeah. baseball. I do, do, do baseball, basketball. I'm all about that. I have fun with that. Here's the thing. The tennis people, if you call pickleball tennis, they will get so mad at you. And if and pickleball <laughs> people will be like, it's not tennis. It's close enough, though. It's, ba- it's basically the same concept. It's ping pong on steroids. Ping, it's a glorified ping pong. That's yeah. better. Yeah. So I, I'm all about playing them. I, I don't necessarily want to watch them. Yeah. Do you know the, the history of pickleball? Why it's called pickleball? <sighs> no, but I guess you're going to tell us. Uh, you sound so excited about that. <laughs> the inventor's dog was named Pickles. Oh, that's okay. It. Well, that's, that's the it. only reason. Yep. Right. They didn't, it wasn't like, a bad story after all. Get a ball from a pickle jar or anything else. It was just the dog was called pickles. It would be really fun if they actually pulled out a pickle. I'm like, let's, let's use this instead of a ball. That'd be a horrible game. <laughs> it wouldn't bounce. It'd be funny. It'd be stinky. It would be it very would funny. Just, it, you'd <laughs> get all wet with I would play juice. pickleball if that were the case. If it were actually a pickle in there, I could I could get behind that. I mean, people a... would be hydrated. Have you heard of the people that drink pickle juice to rehydrate themselves? Oh, because of the electrolytes? That's yep. interesting. I don't think I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't like make it your your main diet or anything but people do there's this place in uh what city is that there's this place called chicken and pickle the colony maybe maybe it's the colony i don't know it's someplace nearby yeah but there's a place called chicken and pickle have you been there yet i have not you eat chicken and you play pickleball that's the idea but i'm not a big chicken fan because it tastes like chicken Uh, maybe you put the chicken on the court and you hit the chicken instead What's with you with the sounds, man? I don't know. First, it's a know. porpoise. Dude. Now it's a chicken. What, the what? seal came first, actually. The seal? Yeah. yeah. So, dude, you're on a roll. Three well, for three. You know. I'm, I'm just going to start dropping animal names to see how many you got. Okay. Giraffe. Ready? <laughs> you got you got a giraffe sound? There it was. I gave it to you a second ago. 
I, okay. They don't make noise. Uh, let's get into the word. I think they do, though. They don't. Okay. You, what sound does a giraffe make? I don't know. I just remember like Lion horse, King. Like, <laughs> <laughs> There's another one for you. There's a horse. There's another one. I feel yeah. like in Lion King, they had, they made noises. That's that's what I remember. No, I think those. No, I think those were the elephants that were behind the giraffes. Okay. The giraffes were just bowing. Okay, I'm going to trust you on this one. I well, don't remember. We should go to the Dallas Zoo, and we'll find a giraffe and be like, hey. I would enjoy that. Speak. I would enjoy that. Taking dominion. All right, Leviticus 22 and 23, two chapters today. Leviticus 22, priests and eating. Uh, what, to, what to eat? Uh, verses one through nine, when to abstain due to uncleanliness. Uh, when should a, a priest say, you know what? I need to not partake of the holy foods because I have been defiled. I'm unclean, so to speak. Um, notice again, the, the reminder at the end of verse two, at the end of verse three, I am the Lord. I am the Lord. God is reminding them, here's my prohibitions, here's my instructions, here's why you should do this or shouldn't do this, and it all comes back to God's identity. They are the people of God, and as the people of God need to reflect God, in this case, his holiness. And so that's the the instructions there. Verses 10 through 16, uh, he gives other people who can and can't eat what the priest eats. And so family members who could eat the the food that the priests were partaking of and which family members couldn't and uh, why those things were, were true on each of those. And so that shows up in verses 10 through 16 there. Uh, and then in, in chapter 22, the, the, the chapter, verses 17 through 30, the, the largest portion of it, uh, what is and isn't an acceptable animal for a sacrifice. So let's maybe talk about that for a minute, Pastor Rob. What is acceptable as far as animals go for sacrifices? Get this. I was surprised by this because I read this and it hit me like a ton of bricks. Boom. Because obviously a brick you would say, <laughs> is that the sound the animal, the animal brick makes? <laughs> Obviously, God's sacrifices must be, they must be perfect. Right. Must be without, without uh, blemish or flaw. But that's not true for all of them. The free will offering was different. You could give God, verse 23, you may present a bull or a lamb, get this, that has a part too long or too short. So it's not like it's without reservation. Obviously, there, there are limits to the imperfection. But for a free will offering, you could offer something that has a limb too long or too short. He says, because it's a free will offering, but for a vow offering, it cannot be accepted. And then he goes on to clarify that there's certain kinds of animals, no matter what kind of offering it is, you still can't offer it. So that was interesting. Yeah. I, I, was, I, was, I was intrigued about the exemption. And I, I guess the only answer to the, to the, the question is, is because this is a free will offering. It's not an obligation and therefore God's willing to accept something less than perfect. But I wonder why, even still. Yeah, maybe it wasn't necessarily intended for an atoning purpose. The way well, yeah. other, other offerings were meant to make atonement. Okay, so the connection would then be atoning sacrifices must be perfect because anything short could not atone. That would make sense. Right. I, I see the reasoning behind that. Right. But for him to be like, oh, I'm willing to accept your less than perfect offering. I, I don't know. That is interesting. I think, you're, I think you're onto something there with the atonement idea, which means that when we offer God our gifts, we give him our gifts that are less than perfect. They're still acceptable if they're free will offerings, which you said a couple of days ago, Pastor PJ, and maybe we should talk a little bit more about this. The tithe, is the tithe, does the, does the tithe have bearing on a New Testament Christian? Because here, under the old covenant, clearly these guys were given a lot. Right. I mean, they're offering sacrifices all the time. I can't imagine what it actually amounted to them cost-wise. But in the New Testament, 
What's the framework for New Testament giving? Should it be like this, or is it something different? Yeah, so the, the concept of the tithe, the 10%, the, the Old Testament believers, I can't remember the exact number, but when you add up all of the, the different commands to 30 to give, plus percent. Yeah, over 30%. And so if you if you figured that, man, we're, we're, we're looking at something crazy. So we talk about a tithe in the church, and, and the word tithe comes from the concept of tenth, one-tenth, right? So if, if we're dealing with a tenth, uh, we often will say, at least we will say here at the church, that that's a good place to start. It's a good place to begin with to say, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to try to give 10%. Um, there's no new Testament command that says you should give 10% to the church. Uh, there's commands to, to give to the church. There's the idea of supporting those that, uh, impart to you spiritual things. You should, you should give them, um, well, paraphrasing, but material possessions, material possessions, right? If they're imparting physical things to you, uh, the other things are, um, do not muzzle an ox as it's threshing out the, the, the ground that refers to, to taking care of and, and, and supporting the the ministers that are doing the work of the word. And the reason is, is so that they can be undistracted in their pursuit of ministry and and fulfilling the obligations of a pastor. But there's other principles as well. For instance, we as, as a church, we have expenses. We have uh, a church building that we meet in that we owe you know, rent on monthly as far as that allows us to, to meet there and hold classrooms there and everything else like that. We also have you know, our, our offices that we spend time in, that we office out of. We have general operating expenses. And so the expectation and the understanding there is that the church comes together to support the, the operating cost of the church. And that's, that's our regular expected giving from the Lord. Uh, but is that a tenth? Again, we would say in a good principle is that's a good place to start. But is, is that, do you have to stop there? No. And if, what if I, I'm in a position financially at, at, for a period of time where I, I don't feel like I can quite give 10%? And that kind of goes to what we're talking about here in Leviticus. Give what you can. Give what you can. And, and there, there's a, a measure to where a sacrifice is called a sacrifice because it is just that. It hurts. It hurts, right? And, and I think our giving should, we should feel it in that sense. Yeah, and I think probably the, the, the best case for giving in the New Testament is the case of Christ. Uh, not not the not the book, but his his work, what he did, he gave generously. Right. He who was rich made himself poor, so that we through his sacrifice might become rich with him. Right. And so he's the framework for our New Testament giving ethic. When we look at the offerings under the old covenant, they were obligated to do this. And when they weren't obligated, it was like, okay, well, if you want to give, you know, a, a short gimpy leg ram, then great, you could do that because it was a free will offering. But those offerings, which were not free will, they they required to be a certain perfect, valuable animal. In the New Testament, the giving ethic is, hey, let your giving be like Christ. Be generous. Right. Give, and granted, you quoted a couple passages that talk about giving to your pastors, giving to the church so that the church can be functional. So that Galatians 6.6, let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. So there is the principle of giving to support the church, support the pastors who teach at the church, but the principle ethic is give like Jesus. Be generous. Let it be freely flowing through your hands so that you can be a blessing to the kingdom of God. Yeah. And, and I know we've we've mentioned this before, but just to clear up any misconceptions, uh, the, the pastor, as we understand it, is not exempt from the, the call to, to give either. And so as, as we understand it, as, as pastors, it's not like we sit back and we go, well, everybody else gives and, and we don't participate in that. No, we, we are, are obligated under that as well uh, to, to give sacrificially for the work that the Lord is doing in the, in the church as well. 
Yeah, we do give. We want you to know that. We yeah. give because we care about this church. Right. We love this church. We want to see the church continue to grow. So this is not us pointing fingers and saying, hey, you guys do it. Right. No, we care about we care about God's mission. We care about God's people. So uh, all that to say, Leviticus 22 reminds us of the fact that God d- demands our, our sacrifices and our offerings. It looks different in the new, under the new covenant, right. but it's still at work. Right. And, and hopefully you guys take this as it's intended. We're, we're not meaning to come across as... Um, heavy-handed or defensive in this in, in any way. We we want to emphasize this because it's important. This is a biblical concept. Giving right. is something that is not a man-made uh, concept that, that a group of people got together and said, well, we should just do this. This is something that, that reflects our worship. This is part of our expression of our devotion to the Lord and our trust in him. Uh, we're going to talk about the feasts here in, in this next chapter. In fact, this is a good transition to, in, into chapter 23. One of the feasts that we cover here in verses 9 through 14 is the f- feast of the first fruits. So even as we think about giving, uh, there's a concept that we will talk about of giving from the top. In other words, you, you don't give what's left over at the end. You, you give from the top each each month or each week or however you give as, a, as an expression of your confidence, which is what the Feast of the First Fruits was all about. Lord, we're going to give you the best of what we have right off the top in anticipation of and trust that you're going to continue to provide for us right. from this point forward. I guess one thing I should say too, I think our church does a really good job at this. So as we as we talk about stuff like this, yep. we, we need to give honor where honor is due. Yeah. I think you guys do a good job at this. I would agree. We don't know all your finances, obviously, and I don't even know who gives. I thank God for that. I don't ever want to know. I don't I don't either. You, yeah. you don't okay, we don't even know. We, we know, don't even know. All we know is we, we get something that we call a dashboard each week that reflects what our need is and what the giving is each yeah. week. But it doesn't break down who gives individual units, who gives what, anything like that. And I like so, that. We like that. Yeah. We, we like the uh, blissful ignorance. Well, and it keeps us, you know, and, and different pastors have different opinions on that. And But as we study James and the, the admonition not to show partiality. This know, protects us. Knowing our fleshliness, we, yeah. we want to make sure that we're not, you know, making sure that, that we're saddling up next to one person and not another because we know this person gives this and the other person doesn't. Um, I, I don't think at any point in, in our ministry and in our time we will ever know, you know, numbers and decimal points on people's giving. There may come a point where we would look to see our, our people giving, right? Um, and yeah. that that's in part because this is something that, that is part of what it looks like to be a, a sanctified believer, right. somebody who's in obedience to the Lord. And so if you're not giving anything, then you're not in obedience to the Lord. In that's that. right. Um, and there, there's a problem spiritually there. So, uh, But as far as numbers and, and decimal points, that's not something that we know. Did your dad ever talk to you about sex? (laughs) (laughs) My point is... Hold on. Whiplash. No, it's not. I'm I'm making a connection here. Okay. Dads lean into awkward conversations because they care for the family. Yes. And so... As as dads, so I'm using quotes up here for yep. the church. As as we care for the church, this is awkward for you probably. If 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 you're not giving, maybe if you are giving, it's still awkward for you. Um, it's awkward for us too because yep. this is often one of those areas that people look with a, a sideward glance, like, "Come on, really, what's going on here? Are you guys are trying to you know line your pot." That's not about that. We care about you guys. We care about your walk with Christ, and and clearly, it's it's here in the text. We're not just making stuff up. We're just trying to help you understand it in light of your New Testament identity in Christ. Right. Right. And there's, there's more that we could get into on this. Just uh, one thing I'll say in, in case you're curious or you're new with us, we do have accountability on uh, on how we spend the funds that, that are given to the church. We do. That's right. Uh, this we is do. not just us sitting back going, well, let's go do this. Let's go do that. We have accountability in the form right now of our sending church. Yep. Um, and they support us in a, in a big way right now. And our goal is ultimately to get to a place where uh, we're independent of them financially as far as their support. And, right. 
uh, we want to get there sooner than later. But but they are uh, our accountability board in the sense that they uh, help us make wise decisions yeah. with the funds that are given to the church. Yeah, when we bought the church Ferrari, uh, within a week or two, they were like, hey, I haven't, probably... I haven't, appro- I haven't gotten that approved yet. Well, I, I was told I had to return it. Oh, so yours or mine? Presently out. Oh, yours. They oh. said I could keep mine. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe I'll keep my scooter then. No. Uh, anyways, all right. So rest of the feast. Chapter 23, I don't know that there's a ton to, to dive into here that hasn't been covered already. There's a couple of new ones, I guess, that, that for instance, the first fruits. Uh, the, the trumpets. <laughs> that one's an interesting one. Yeah. Like... <laughs> the green ranger <laughs> so the heralding of this important season that's the yes. way i understood it right it. right yeah yeah and then there's some that are, are super closely connected like passover and unleavened bread they're separate feasts but they happen right on the heels of one another right or when you get to the first fruits in the weeks again separate feasts but similar concepts the, the feast of weeks is 50 days after the feast of the first fruits and so there's kind of bookends there and then um yeah the, the trumpets you've got the day of atonement and then, uh, of course, the Feast of Booths, which is another cool one because it's a reminder, a visual reminder. God's a creative God. Yeah, you guys just, go camping and right. honor this one. Go live in tents. And, <laughs> and what's cool today is if you go to Israel today, people still do this today. They go out into their courtyards and they'll set up tents outside their homes for the Feast of Booths. And they'll, if not move into that for the week, they'll have their meals out there. They'll set up a tent out there and they'll, they'll do their, their family mm-hmm. meals outside in the, the booth. God is not only creative, he loves parties. He like, does. I'm all about this, man. Yeah. There was so many of these that were just scattered throughout the year. I guess there's a large concentration here at this particular junction, but I just love that concept of throughout the year, there's constant times of celebration, of reflection, yeah. of remembrance, of feasting, except for the Day of Atonement where they fasted, but for feasting and just enjoying the good things that God gave, man. I'm all about that. Yeah. We have yeah. more parties. In fact, just wait until our church turns one. Oh, oh. Wait and see what the party is going to look like. See. That. Will there be fireworks? Will there be farm animals? Um, a giraffe. Tell you what, what if we just dress you up as various animals and you make all the sounds? Since you're pretty good at it anyway, no one would know the difference. <laughs> Let's not. Let's not do that. <laughs> well, hey, you know what you should do though? You should keep reading your Bibles and uh, tune yes, in tomorrow please. as we continue to study the book of, of Leviticus. Leviticus, Leviticus, Malachi, whatever. Whatever Exeronomy. comes, whatever, <laughs> whatever comes up, we're going to read it. Bye guys. All right. Bye guys. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. We hope and pray this has been a blessing to you and your time in the Word. If it has, if you would subscribe to this podcast, leave a like, leave a comment, and share it with some friends and family, that would be awesome. If you need more information about Compass Bible Church here in North Texas, you can go to compassntx.org. Again, that's compassntx.org. And we'll be back with you tomorrow for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast.